Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, we got Shane Henderson in the house from Valencia. What's going on, Shane? Hey, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, so we've recently been doing a series. Uh, we just did a, a an episode on sugar cults, uh, palm trees and power lines. Um, we've done uh, Bleed American by Jimmy Eat World. It's just like a series of uh, albums that are really like important to people that I've had on before or just my friends that I've talked to just casually about music. And um, when I think about those albums, I think about uh, We All Need a Reason to Believe, Valencia. I remember that came out when I was a junior in high school. And man, that should just hit so different. So I would just love to talk to you a little bit about, you know, the process behind that album. And it was the second album, am I correct? Yeah, it was our second album. So, um, so yeah, how was I, it? I think we started working started working on it around 2007. I believe it came out in 2008 or nine. Yeah. I was a junior. Uh, yeah, was, that's right. I was saying that earlier. I was a junior in high school when that hit, so... Um, just about like the process, man. How was it different from you know coming off your first album to that, you know that sophomore album? Um, well, for us, it kind of wasn't that different. I mean, we were we were kind of doing the the band songwriting thing where we all got in a room and just kind of jammed out and wrote some songs. Uh, specifically for the first album, we were doing that quite a bit. Um, for the second album, you know, there was there was a lot of cohesion and there was like a lot of people bring in different parts and kind of uh, melting the parts together in a certain way. Uh, I know a lot of times I'd come into practice and the guys would have some like bass music to uh, write some like melodies and lyrics to, or, or I would come in with like a skeleton of a song with like, you know, a melody and some words and, uh, you know, kind of just build the song as, as the band essentially, which <laughs> is kind of how we've, we've always been. Um, but specifically for the recording process was different because it was the first time we recorded outside of our hometown. So we, we did it in Los Angeles. Um, so that was definitely different for us being able to be completely immersed in the re- recording process like that, you know, cause when we were doing the first album, we were all still in school and, um, had other priorities, but, uh, as we progressed and, had the opportunity to do that second album it um it was kind of a blessing in disguise to go out there because we just kind of focused you know honed in on what we wanted to do with that album yeah right on man and you guys have i mean 
as far as just like knowing a little bit about the history of the band, you guys have been like always been like very much a grassroots, like Philly first band, man. Like you guys have got, I've always gotten like hella love from like just like the hometown crowd. That's got to be like a really good feeling too, especially coming into that second album. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, as we haven't been playing as many shows, obviously, but um, we've been lucky enough to do quite a few like uh, reunion shows in Philadelphia and. It's uh, pretty evident, you know, like it's, it's just really humbling to see that this many years later, we could still have those people come and have a good time and sing along. And um, it's kind of like family still. And that's cool to me. I love that. You know, it's something we work really hard to build. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just something I think we're all really proud of that we can still get up there and do it. <laughs> you know, not many bands get that opportunity. So. I think when, when a band goes away and then they have some time away and come back to it and it's like that, it's like, oh man, this is awesome, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, and you guys have always had like such a high energy show. I caught you guys here in Oklahoma City. It may have been one of the last times you were here. It was with uh, Ann Arbor at a small room as a the conservatory at the time, I think it was. Um, it's, it's, it's since been renamed and everything, but um, man, just such a high energy show. And I love like... You know, just that feeling of, like, people that were there were, like, the people that loved your music and really wanted to be there. And you guys always really, like, fed off of that. And it was, like, super insane, man. Like, you guys and Ann Arbor both ripped it. And so you guys have just always seen someone that seemed to be, like, people that really fed off of, like, that live setting. Yeah, I mean, it's an energy thing, really. It's kind of just a cycle. Like, you feed off them, they feed off you, and it keeps building. And, um, I mean... At the end of the day, we're all music fans, and that's kind of what we're there for, is the live, live energy. So, Yeah, man, I remember... Me, it's like, I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. I mean, either being in the crowd or on the stage, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. You're, uh, if you're seeing something you love, then, or playing something you love, then, I mean, life's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sorry, I almost cut you off there. <laughs> We, uh, no, okay. when we were at that show, I remember just people going nuts. Like, uh, they wanted to, wanted, they wanted you guys to play the space between so bad. And I remember it was like the perfect ending to the set. It was like the very last song you played and everybody went fucking bananas. It's like, I, and, and you know, it's really cool to be able to talk to you because that's literally one of my, I mean, if it's not number one, it's up there with like the experiences I've had live with music that means a lot to me. And so it was just cool to be able to talk to you and kind of share that moment with you, man. That was freaking insane. Everybody went just ape shit whenever you guys played that. It was awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, so talk about a little bit about the album, man. Um, obviously, one of the songs that was my intro um, was Safe to Say. And uh, I just wanted to talk to you about the, the process with that song. And I actually was became aware of you guys because that song was featured in um, MLB. It was like an MLB 2008 or seven was it um but how did that process kind of happen man of, of did they like contact you and say hey we want to use your song or like how does that kind of come together uh well um it was all through just a team of people um on our music publishing team that are good at their job you know and securing spots like that for bands like us um those kinds of opportunities are huge for smaller bands like valencia you know it's like those games go out to millions of people. So, um, yeah, it, it was a great job by the team at um, Columbia and Sony. 
that's cool, man. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know if it was just like a specific thing of like um, they just come to you with something like that, or like they're just shopping around. Like the game EA's was like shopping around for songs, or I don't know. It's just kind of he- interesting to hear like the background of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, with, so with music publishing, a lot of times is uh, whoever's running the music supervision or whatever thing they're looking for uh, will put up something that they're, you know, it's called a brief. They're looking for type of song or uh, submissions for a certain project. And then uh, your music publishing team will submit your song amongst a bunch of other artists on on their roster. And uh, typically the music supervisor will, will uh, come through that and pick. So a lot of times that's kind of how it, how it goes down, but um, I'm not, I'm not totally certain how we got on the show, but it was a cool one. I mean, I bought the game and played it <laughs> and I, uh, I remember I set, um, because I'm a huge Phillies fan, obviously. So I set Ryan Howard's walk-up song to to say. Oh, I don't know if that's like a super <laughs> narcissistic thing to do, but I don't know. It was fun. No, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> funny mean, to me. Why not, dude? It's like an option, and you worked, you guys, you guys worked your asses off to put that record together, and it was just a badass thing to be featured on that. I imagine it's like so cool. It's like it's one, just kind of trippy, like to yeah, be, to be playing the game and, and have it come on. You know, it's funny. You're like, what the fuck? I always got a kick out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're taking a quick break to talk about our friends over at the Escape OKC's new room that's now open called Tides of Treason. The captain has been holding out on you, but the rest of the crew was too chicken to make him pay up. Break out and take what's yours. You can find more information on this room at theescapeokc.com or by following them on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's the Escape OKC located at 912 Northwest 23rd Street. Now back to the show. I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. I mean, I, if I put a song out and they featured in the game, I mean, I'm I'm pl- featuring that song for everything in the game for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, um, like I was mentioning, it's just such an album that sticks out to me whenever I think back to when I was in high school and like just the shit that we were bumping, you know, going around. And so um, if I could just ask you about like maybe a couple of the songs that were that stuck out to me and maybe if you had any you know, cool anecdotes or anything like that stuck out to you about recording those songs or those songs coming together. Would that be cool with you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, man. So like, just like, uh, you know, the intro to the record better be prepared. I just wasn't really sure what I was in for whenever I like, you know, throw the album on after I bought it. And I'm thinking like, this is like, so it's such an epic fade in. And like, I just love how the, the whole song came together sonically and everything. Um, was that just like a very intentional thing for you guys to start out with like something that a little bit fades in, but then it's like super high energy or like what's like the process of picking like your, you know, the first song on the album? So um, we always had a good, good helper with our buddy Rob Hitt, who, who owned our, the label that put out our first and third album. Uh, he always had like a good year for track listing, but, but essentially all of us kind of agree that, you know, we're kind of old school in the sense that when you're building an album, it, it should be essentially like a roller coaster. Um, you know, it shouldn't be flat. It should have ups and downs and like movement to it. And um, Better Be Prepared just stuck out to us as one of those songs that kind of kicked it off um, lyrically and kind of emotionally. And the message was there on that song kind of leading into what that album is about. So, um it kind of just was one of the things where, where we had those best songs and we were just trying to figure out the best flow 
for those songs to go into each other. And, um, yeah, it's just a feeling thing, really. I think any artist kind of does that. They just go through and feel it out and see, you know, what's going to move move this the right way. How are you going to, you know, the tempo, like how is the tempo going to go? and How are you going to feel at the beginning compared to at the end? Right, yeah. And I could kind of see that, that ebb and flow thing you're talking about. Like when I think about um, all at once being right before safe to say, like that. that's that kind of similar vibe too of like the – you know they're both like keep the keep a good energy but it's like definitely two different vibes from song to song and it, i can kind of see that roller coaster thing that you're talking about for sure um mm-hmm. definitely so on where did you go i saw that you'd gotten rachel minton um to do like the guest vocals on that and it made me think of um thematically um with like promise of redemption um is it remember i remember the first the remember the first day um, there's like a lot of through lines through that song and uh, l- I think a little bit of the hook is used in that as well and so I just wanted to talk about you know kind of that through line of that theme being used in that song um, where, where does like the inspiration come from behind that well it was essentially you know, the other song but it was also the fact that we were kind of writing where did you go after specifically remember the first day but um it wound up kind of taking its own path and we kind of let it go there. You know, I mean, POR was at a level that wasn't essentially, <laughs> uh, super heard at that moment. You know what I mean? So it wasn't that big a deal. And, um, both albums between POR and that album are about the exact same thing. So right. to me, to me, I had no quarrels with, uh, the kind of homage to the concept of, what we were going for right for sure and it's like i mean when it boils down to it's the same guy writing the song so it's like thematically it may borrow from each other or seem reminiscent of another idea because you know it's come from the same guy so that makes sense um i remember specifically on promise of redemption uh whenever you guys um did that show at 89th street when i went um i remember there was um a couple of albums for sale from promise of redemption. And it was like a cool thing to see that. And like a lot of the buddies I was with, they were pretty casual Valencia fans, to be honest, I kind of drug them to this. Cause like they didn't really know Valencia that well, but I was like, dude, we've got to go to this. And so I remember going to the merch table and seeing uh, the promise of redemption album and thinking like, Oh man, yeah, I've been listening to this, like leading up to the show. And it was cool. I, I can't remember if it was like the tour manager or um, whoever handles the merch at the shows but um i was just like mentioning to my friend like oh this is a promise of redemption like this is shane's project outside of valencia and just like talking about like how much i enjoyed like that music too and yeah like what you're saying like just it not being the same as valencia but um the person had mentioned like yeah like it's so hit or miss like people that know about this whenever we come to come to these shows and like put these albums out some people will know about it but like it's it's he just like kind of commended me. It was like cool to know that people knew about this thing. But um, t- can you talk about that a little bit? Like the duality between like Promise of Redemption and Valencia, kind of how those um, play off of and how they're different from each other? Yeah, well, uh, P.O.R. was always uh, just kind of a solo thing. It's just like me and then a piece of guitar. And it was actually, I was in a high school band um, called Attracted to Myth. It was more like kind of punk rock, a little bit up more upbeat 
and we played shows with some of the dudes in Valencia that had another band at the time. And, um, uh, I started playing shows solo with them as well. And then that relationship kind of grew and we started writing songs together. And next thing we knew, you know, we were doing the band thing. Um, so I kind of kept POR still as a side project and more so an outlet to try a few different things with songwriting and maybe a little bit more of like a softer instrumental type side. Um, and also it, it was essentially really just an outlet for me at the time writing those songs uh, and recording them even. I mean, I remember I was in the studio and I would like be singing some of those songs and the take would be fine. The engineer was, was cool with it. Like we could move on, but I like would ask him to sing it again because it was kind of cathartic for me, you know? So really honestly that album was just therapy for me um and it, it came down to almost not putting it out because i felt like it was like like just like really personal right like personal to the point where i was like i don't know some people might might judge me a little harshly for this but at the end of the day i kind of came down to if even one of the songs like helped someone deal with what i was dealing with then that music did its job so i was cool with it being out there in that sense um even now there's times where i'll like listen back to that album and kind of feel like uh you know a little in a like i'll turtle shell a little bit because it's like oh super personal (laughs) but you know that's music i guess you know yeah man and that's you know just specifically speaking to that song i remember the first day and where did you go the duality of the thing that always really drove those songs home with me was the uh the bridge and the bridge on that, man, that shit just hit so hard whenever I found that at that time. And just, you know, not being able to, you know, specifically rate on relate on that um, specific situation, but going through shit and, like, hearing that and hearing it put in a way that you would have never thought of otherwise. And you're just like, holy shit, like, this is just on another, another level to me that I can feel, like, at such a, you know, visceral, personal level. And so... Yeah, man, I'm glad that you put it out, and it's it's definitely something that has stuck with me, you know, all these years later, it's like 10 years later, and I still think about those songs, and those songs still mean a lot to me, so I appreciate it. Well, that's really cool. I mean, any artist should be blushing hearing that come from anyone, so thank you. Yeah, man, I've been trying, <laughs> like, this, the whole time, been trying just not to gush, so I'm sorry if that was a little much. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, another song that I wanted to ask about, kind of going back to the uh, to the album, um, Listen Up, I remember that you'd gotten Kenny from the starting line uh, to do some like guest vocals on that, and I'd wondered if that was um, like sort of like a Pennsylvania connection or kind of how that came about, that you guys had guest vocals from him on that. Um, yeah, I mean, Kenny was always a good friend. Uh, the starting line dudes were always close friends of ours, and um, he, yeah, Pennsylvania connection, he was in town, uh, love his voice i think he's like creatively a genius you know he's he's awesome so we were thinking about like getting some guest vocals for it and we thought why you know it's kenny like of course if he if he's down to do it let's have him on you know and he gladly uh accepted and he was super fun to work with and we we brought him into skylight studios with our buddy vince ratty uh who produced our first album and actually helped a lot with the second album as well on the vocals. But, um, yeah, we brought Kenny in and 
kind of jammed out for a day and uh, what you hear is what you get yeah i mean that's very cool i was i i'd always wondered how that came together like when you see uh you know back then it was like not as a uh, accessible of like you know not all these things that we know now later hearing through like interviews and whatnot of how things came together but i remember seeing like stuff in liner notes and thinking like man how the hell did that even happen and so it's like something I've been wondering for a little while. I'm like, let me just ask him about how that came together. <laughs> but yeah, that's very cool, man. That's a, you know, I'd, I'd wondered if it was kind of that, that, that Pennsylvania connection. I know he's from like a different part, but that's very cool, man. He was like down to do that for sure. Um, as an album as a whole, man, was there a song that came together differently or in an unexpected way um, that stuck out to you at all? I'd wondered that whenever you, you know, you're kind of concepting on an album, putting it together and when you're actually getting the, the songs recorded, like, you know, how it kind of feels to kind of step back and look at it. Was there anything like that that stuck out? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the songs did, honestly. They came to life when Ariel got his hands on them. Um, you know, even just, like, the pre-production demos, I remember, like, listening in a car and being like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like, this is going in a really cool direction. Um, specifically, one of those songs was Head in Hand. Uh, I remember like I, I had like written that guitar riff and I showed it to Brendan and Brendan like spiced it up and then like next thing you know the song kind of grew again kind of like all the songs did on that album and <coughs> excuse me and um, yeah we just we got in the studio and like the second you start hearing those guitars going it uh, gives it a whole new feeling like from from where it was <laughs> Right. I feel like that song. But another flies another one too. like that too was free. <laughs> oh yeah, the song free, which was the closer on the album, because it's um, yeah. I don't know when you when you just hear those big guitars, it's good feeling. It's like kind of anthemic. Yeah, that's man. I imagine that playing in a big room and you being at least. Like, I mean, that, I think it. that's like kind of what was going for was like that anthemic vibe. But. Yeah, right on. I was thinking um, with head on head and hands like that song flies too. That song's like. Just under three minutes, but it feels like it's like just super fast paced the entire time, and it's like, man, that's awesome. I love the intro to that. Yeah, like, well, when we did the album shows, we were playing that song, like singing that song in, in full. We we used to not do that song too often live because of it, like it's literally one giant run on sentence. Right. <laughs> so you're like up there, and I'm like pretty active like running around up there but now i'm getting a little older <laughs> and i'm not doing it as much so i'm like not as in shape for it but like i remember just being up there gasping for air on that song and looking around like oh my god i'm gonna throw up i'm gonna throw up i might throw up okay here we go like uh-oh yeah you're like, can i get a goddamn breath here jesus <laughs> oh man i was just gasping you would have thought i ran a marathon or something <laughs> um Looking back on the album, man, does it feel like, you know, it's been, I guess, 11 years since that's come out now. Um, do you still look at it with the same lens as, like, whenever it, you know, whenever you guys first dropped it? Like, I, I imagine things like that kind of take a life of its own and, and you know, you change your mind on songs and things like that. But looking back at the record, what sticks out to you all this time later? Uh, just the cohesion of, like, the message i guess you know it kind of took hold and and went its own way and we let it go that way in an organic fashion um but to me that sticks out just that the theme of the album kind of 
I guess resonated with people in, in a really cool way. And, um, I know like a lot of people still can connect to that album, even, even if it's not about loss in the sense of death, like even just, uh, we didn't want to make it too overly that way. You know, we wanted people to be able to relate to it, even if they're going through a hard time, that's not 100% the same as like dealing with death. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was like, all I can think is just that it was really cool to see that record take the hold of itself in its own way and just kind of go. Um, we put a lot of really, really, really hard work into it and a lot of, you know, passion and uh, just hard, hard, long nights trying to make it perfect or at least as perfect as we can make it. Um, and we were, I think, really proud of the outcome. <laughs> You know, it's like just one of those things. It's like when you work really hard on something, um, it might not be perfect, but, you know, you should be proud of the work you put in at the end of the day. And I think we were. So me, that's cool. Right on, man. Yeah. It's like you'd mentioned earlier, like, you know, hoping that, you know, what you're saying resonates with someone. And in my opinion, you know, with this this album sticking out to me, it does kind of have that universal thing of like, like you had mentioned, it's not specifically maybe about death um, in that aspect, but to relate to it in a different way. And that must be an interesting thing for you, having put out that album and then talking to people after it and kind of seeing the meaning that people have found in it that maybe you didn't intend. Um, but, you know, people coming up to you and being like, man, this song helped me with this specific thing. And so I wondered, you know, that has to be such a trip, man, and... and that's got to happen. I mean, I've thought about that and I didn't deal with something specific like that, but that stuck out to me in different ways. So that has to be a trip. Yeah. It's, I mean, humbling to know that, um, something you've worked on that is your therapy is also someone else's in a way, you know, um, anytime anyone ever came up to me and shared their story with me, I felt immediately closer to them <laughs> in a way i mean i'm i guess i'm kind of someone that, that like attaches to that kind of thing like if somebody opens up to me i feel closer to them and and especially if uh they're telling me that those songs like help them you know because i i honestly feel humbled when somebody says that because there's a billion bands in the world you know there's a lot of music out there if somebody latches on to your message or your vibe or your energy or whatever they're feeling with what you're doing. It's, um, it's awesome because it's just, you know, that's, I don't know. There's no words to really honestly explain how it feels when somebody comes up and, and says that, or they like even show you a tattoo of like the album name on the, on their skin, you know? Um, yeah, that, that one always blew my mind when I would see like Valencia tattoos. That yeah. you definitely made an impact there, and that's um, like I just keep wanting to use the word humbling. No man, I mean, yeah, I don't know how it could be. Whenever you, you know, you put these things out, and then it's like for it to resonate with someone in that way that they do something like that so permanent. You're like, God damn. <laughs> to me, I'd be like Jesus. <laughs> but that's awesome, man. That is really cool to be able to you know have that that kind of connection with people for sure. Um, well, Shane, I, pre I really appreciate your time, man. Um, 
why don't you tell people where they can keep up with your projects, man, see what you're up to and follow you on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, uh, obviously Valencia is on a hiatus at the moment, but, um, my project promise of redemption is uh, pretty easy to find. It's just at promise of redemption on both Facebook and, um, or I'm sorry, Instagram, like no, Instagram is Promise of Redemption. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But um, that, that project, I'm actually uh, retiring that project in May. And uh, I have some new music I'm working on right now and a new project that's called uh, The Future Perfect. And you can find that at The Future Perfect Music on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, and nothing uh, nothing's really posted there yet, but working on it. I'm working on it. Right, I mean that's cool. Well, people will stay, you know, tuned in and see what you're working on, see what's coming up next. So that'll be cool. But thanks again, Shane, for your yeah, time, hopefully. man. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it.